This is Creating Consciousness, a podcast reflecting back to you the energies of your subconscious through tarot, channeling, and spiritual guidance. I'm Rebecca Weirman, intuitive, spiritual coach, and energy worker. You found this podcast because it's the next step in your healing journey. Together, we will explore the depths of your subconscious to awaken and welcome this consciousness. Conscious Creators, hi, hello, and welcome to Creating Consciousness, a spiritual and intuitive podcast for self-growth and development. I'm your host, Rebecca Weirman, founder of This Consciousness Intuitive Healing. Not only am I a spiritual coach, podcaster, and intuitive healer, I am also a squishy, flawed human. And what I'm trying to say by this is that No matter what information I share on the podcast, I always encourage you to do your own research because if we're just taking things at face value when people share them, we're not really going deep and we are really just allowing people to influence us on a surface level. I mean, how many times have you uh, regurgitated quote unquote facts just to be disproven, but you haven't done any research on it. You're just regurgitating things you've heard on a podcast before. Yeah, I've done the same thing. And when I noticed myself doing that, with me being a podcast host, I think it was really important for me to share with my beautiful community that I am not all-knowing, that I am flawed, just like every other person on this planet, and that we all have different perspectives and that mine isn't the only truth. There are so many people out there with amazing perspectives, some not so amazing perspectives, but spirituality is really finding what works for you. This podcast might not be it, and I take no offense to that because the people who are spiritually bypassing probably aren't gonna come to creating consciousness and fall in love with the content. But the people who are more secure in grounded spirituality and who like science and who like speaking politics are probably going to really enjoy this podcast. But that doesn't mean one person is better than the other. So I just wanted to take time here to address this, to acknowledge it, and to further promote researching or diving deeper into some of the topics that we talk about because, again, I am just another human being. So many people have different versions of spirituality, and it is not my place to judge your version of spirituality. Whether you come to me as a client or just as a podcast listener, whether you are conspiracy-based or you're not, I'm not going to judge that. However, I do not align with conspiracy theory uh, sentiments. And that's just because my perspective of spirituality is really grounded. It is multidimensional, but I am fully surrendered into this human experience. And for me, I don't think the human experience is about uncovering all of the darkness that could exist in the universe. It's about uncovering the darkness within the self to help transcend and create this ripple effect out. 
you know, it's about being concerned with yourself because if we're too concerned with the lives of other people, we're really not uh, creating a safe space or a safe container for us to grow and flow within. And so that's something I am trying to keep in mind as I continue creating this podcast, as I continue to share my consciousness with the collective, and as I open myself up more to the consciousness of others. Something I've also realized uh, is that it's really not okay for me to say that if you don't want to listen to uh, political talk, that this podcast isn't for you. Because again, every person's version of spirituality is different. But my version of spirituality is scientific and political. So we will be having those conversations. The reason why I have said that in the past is because when podcast community members come together, I want everyone to feel safe. And I'm going to be opening up my free little community again. And I want everyone to feel safe. And if people don't feel safe, there's no point in bringing us together as a community. And so that's why I don't want someone uh, entering the community of this podcast of creating consciousness and sharing racist or transphobic rhetoric. I want this to be a space of love and compassion. And we are totally good with informed conversations and listening to different perspectives because that in itself is spiritual, but this is not a place of hate. And so I apologize for saying that this is not a podcast for you, but please understand that my sentiment behind it is to create a very safe container for those who are wanting to learn, for those who are showing up in this space uh, to be in community with others. And that is why I had said those things. So I just wanted to share that uh, awakened thought that I had. But again, my biggest concern is the safety element. Now I have a few more announcements and I know this intro is already long, so I apologize for that too. But you know, if you have ever received anything from this podcast, whether it be like a little nugget of wisdom or one of the readings just really resonated with you, or you fell in love with a guest or you found your next spiritual practitioner, please let us know by leaving a five-star rating and review in the iTunes store and know that you can also get a free Oracle card reading from me when you leave a five-star rating and review. All you have to do is take a screenshot of your five-star rating and review and email it to me, Rebecca at thisconsciousness.com, or you could send it to me on Instagram at thisconsciousness or at creatingconsciousnesspod. However, I would say email's the best route because I'm on a little social media detox at this time. I also have uh, some offerings coming up that I wanted to share with you. The first is going to be a virtual journey to the Akashic Records. This is a ceremony that I hold once a month, and each month the theme changes. So as we've been working with it before, we've been dealing with our soul's purpose. But as we dive into this ceremony uh, on August 19th at 6 p.m. Pacific time, we will be focusing on past lives. 
So we will be going through a regression to take us back to our past life state so we can learn more about our past lives and how our past life trauma is affecting us in our current incarnation. All the tickets for that virtual event can be found in the show notes or by visiting www.thisconsciousness.com and clicking book now. That will be there for you. All the tickets are on a sliding scale, so you can pay full price or you could pay almost half off just based on your needs. I would love to have you. It is such an incredible ceremony. All my clients who have done it have loved it and have gained amazing insight from it. And you don't need any psychic experience. You will receive information. It is fascinating. You can also use code SHADOW for 20% off one of my energy healing sessions. And I also recommend you check out my intuitive healing containers while you are at it. And last, but certainly not least, before we dive into the juicy goodness that is today's episode, I wanted to share that I was recently interviewed on one of my friend Lauren Ivy's podcast. Her podcast is called Open to Alchemy. And on the episode that I did with her, we spoke all about the shadow, shadow work, what it is, how to do it, and my, a little bit about my healing journey, my story, what it took to get me to where I am now, and the things I'm looking forward to and excited about down the road. So if you're interested in learning more, especially about the intuitive healing containers, definitely head on over to Lauren Ivy's Open to Alchemy podcast, and I will link that in the show notes as well. Now, without further ado, let's get into today's episode with Lily, the Quantum Guide. Hi, Lily. Welcome to the podcast. Hi there. How's it going? I'm so happy you're here. What you do is incredible. It's fascinating. I have binged your TikToks. I have binged your Instagram videos. And now I am so happy to just geek out over the quantum world with you. I'm so excited to know. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for all that. I do the same with your content, just so you know. So I love all your stuff and just so happy to be here. Mm, I feel the love. (laughs) So you've listened to the podcast before, so you know how things go. I always love to start talking about people's spiritual identity. Mm -hmm. Share with me your spiritual identity. Yeah, absolutely. So I know that sometimes, um, you know, like I I was listening to one of your podcasts this morning as well. So, you know, sometimes people like to answer with their zodiac signs or like, you know, you want to go into sign and um, further, you know, things like that. Even when we meet people, you know, a lot of the time too, you know, we'll, we'll sometimes throw, throw those things out. It's definitely becoming more of a a topic, but for me, it's more just like the concept of, of multidimensionality in, in really a lot, pretty much everything that I do or just embracing that side of me is, is my spiritual identity and definitely comes through with my work and working with other lifetimes and, and, and dimensions and things like that. But just looking at life and yes, in in, um, in a, in a framer lens of multidimensionality and, um, and limitlessness in a way. And then also too, what, what, you know, I think of when I think of my spiritual identity is my childlike wonder in a sense. And I always go to what resonated with me as a kid, 
you know, what I'm passionate about as a child. And for me, it was art. I, I loved art always. I was always creating, drawing, um, fashion too. I, I loved fashion design and just like draping my Barbies and togas and, and just always just draping myself in, in um, fabrics and things and creating in that sense. And, and so art and, and creation has always been a part of my life since I was a kid. And, and I always, you know, remember thinking that to myself. And so, and art's really how I found, um, uh, it's how I left the corporate world and found this path. So, so yeah, multidimensionality and, um, what, what I was passionate about as, as a kid, I, I really draw and channel a lot of that into my work and how I live, um, you know, as it makes me very happy and what I'm passionate about. Passion is, is huge for me too. going towards my passions, encouraging others to do the same, um, going towards what magnetically pulls you and, and just going for it, you know? So, so yeah, I could go on and on and on, but multidimensionality in that, uh, that essence of, of um, childlike wonder and your true passions really is, is what speaks to me as a spiritual being, if, if that makes sense. Oh my gosh, it makes complete sense. And I think it's so brilliant because yeah, like you said, we always share our zodiac signs, our human design, whatever else. But the way I take what you just shared and correct me if I'm wrong, it's this concept of more so core values within your spirituality that help identify you. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Totally. And, and the reason why too, is I guess I'm not so, um, I just don't have the knowledge of, I, I have great sisters and, and friends and, um, you know, people I look up to who are, you know, so knowledgeable on human design or, you know, astrology or even other concepts and, and other modalities that are becoming super, um, you know, relevant and or just interesting. And, and, uh, to me, um, but you know, I know people that don't necessarily know their birth time, right. Or maybe, you know, they were adopted or, um, you know, don't have their birth certificate or something happened. Even you, I think you had a, a situation, right. Like yeah. you had a situation where it was, well, tell me what happened again. Like the birth time was, you thought it was something yeah. else. I was, I was always told I was born at 1035. My birth certificate doesn't have the birth time, but when I was moving, I found my baby scrapbook and my birth time said 1005 written in. And I immediately, like my heart sank, immediately go to my phone to check my birth time. And it changed my chart. And I had this identity crisis. So Oh, I remember seeing you post this or in an email or something. And I'm like, yes, that is why. Like that is that that was the moment why I'm like, yeah, because I, you know, people I'm really close with have um, they just don't know, you know. And so I'm like, well, if I'm to like check how our charts are, I can't. So like, what do you do then in that moment? Right. Like, what if you didn't know? And that's kind of the concept. That's like the thing that interests me about all this is like, what if you didn't know your three signs or like, or for some reason, you know, couldn't find out, you know, then like what, what speaks to you? Then who are you, yeah. you know, or like, how do you feel? Like, what is it on, you know, how does it, what are you drawn to? That's kind of just, I'm like, what is, what are you drawn to? That's my thing. You know, although I, I absolutely uh, love astrology, I love learning about it. And I do know my own, um, you know, birth time. I, I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but um but I have had my chart done and it's so profound and then the wisdom and depth of knowledge and, and human design too blows my mind. I didn't even know what that was until, I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago. Um, so such fabulous, profound knowledge 
um, from all that, but just from the perspective of what if you couldn't know? And I think you make a great point too, because some of the times we, and in my case, for example, we get so caught up in what that spiritual identity is that we mm-hmm. lose sight of ourselves and what is true to us. Mm-hmm. When I thought mm-hmm. I was triple air, Libra, Gemini, Gemini, I paraded around like this airy bitch. And when I found out, oh, I'm actually uh, Libra Gemini with a Taurus rising, I was like, oh, this makes so much more sense because I'm not this floaty bitch Mm -hmm. I'm pretending to be. I felt this return Mm -hmm. to self, but so many people with the wrong birth time or whatever can get caught up or they want to be more like the stereotype of another sign that they lean into that. And it also shows you how powerful the mind is, right? Like, yes. like that's the concept here is that our minds are so powerful and I can absolutely get caught up in my mind. That's, you know, something that, uh, again, really interested me about consciousness and getting hold, a hold of your consciousness and not getting um, too caught up in it and too caught up in, in the headiness. And because I can, that's me, you know, that, or that was, mm-hmm. it has been me, you know, Um so, so yeah, how powerful our minds are and how if we think we're three signs or if we think we're one sign or like before I knew that there were even, you know, the big three, right? right. Uh, when you think you're just your, your sun sign, because I just didn't know, right? Uh, and you really identify with that sign. You're like, oh, well, I found out my other two. Now that makes more sense. Now, I, okay, I get it, you know? And then furthermore, becoming very advanced in astrology. And I'm sure it's a whole um, huge realm uh, that uh, is, is, you know, that I'm only just discovering. So, uh, so yeah, just another, another thought there of, of the mind being so powerful. I just have to break the fourth wall for a second here yes. and just let the listeners know that they are in for such a freaking treat with this episode because I am already covered in goosebumps. Oh, I'm, I'm loving this. No, I'm loving this too. This is so amazing. I'm just so grateful for you. And it's part of, you know, this is part of my healing process. I, for a long time, have been just so nervous or just like so scared to share and so scared mm-hmm. to talk about these things. So, you know, thank you for providing um, me with this, this gift, this great gift of uh, sharing and, you know, healing in my own way. Yeah. And thank you for doing the same for me. I mean, I've expressed it on this podcast before being able to have this platform is so healing for someone mm-hmm. just like you, who's gone through those same things. And we have a very, oh my gosh. So well, I knew of Lily years ago when our paths intersected, I was working for a law firm where Lily's partner uh, plays in a band with the owner of that firm's son Mm -hmm. we met at well I believe we did meet at a concert one of those shows Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. we never we never spoke again I didn't know Mm -hmm. about uh, your crystal work your quantum healing you didn't know about me it was just Mm -hmm. that and now we've come together and we're in the same field and it's just crazy because we both left the corporate world to Mm -hmm. do what we love. And you said that art was a big uh, Mm -hmm. factor in you Mm -hmm. leaving the corporate world. So please go ahead and share your journey with us to where, how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
art helped me to leave the corporate world. It was actually glass art more specifically. So um, I was in the corporate world. I, in college, went to business school. I double majored um, in supply chain management and marketing and pursued a career in supply chain management at first. And then, you know, after doing that for a bit, uh, in risk management logistics, I decided to explore marketing a bit. And while, while working at a marketing firm, uh, I just started taking these glass classes. I had taken glass classes. My mom put me in, in um, fused glass classes when I was like in seventh or eighth grade. So really young. Yeah, she found this like great place. And um, and I just took took to it really easily, I guess, or just, I don't know. It was just, it was really um, easy for me to pick up. And I, they also taught me how to do some metal smithing and a bit of, you know, wire wrapping and metalworking and all just all kinds of fabulous things. And I was making jewelry. And um so I just, I remembered, I just loved it so much, but high school and college takes over and then the corporate world, you know, yes, I, I was um, consumed in that, but I did have time on the weekends, you know, and after work to pursue my passions more, there wasn't homework, you know, and I wasn't filled with all these extracurriculars. So I decided to take up um, glass classes while I was working, at, you know, this corporate job. And, uh, you know, I took to it, you know, as an adult, you know, took to it quickly again, and just started really um, creating pieces and getting my groove and uh, started an Instagram, I just went for it and started sharing my pieces and was able to grow this account organically and got all these orders and was kind of in the space where I was like, well, do I keep doing this corporate job? Or do I try this? So I try fulfilling these orders and just, you know, continuing to, to grow my business and and try something new. And so with the support of my of my love and my partner, he was like, yeah, just like, let's do it. Just go for it, you know, because he pursues his passion so fully and he inspires me so much and completely activated me on my journey um, and woke me up to people. You know, you can follow your passions. That's a thing, you know, and you can make a career out of it. You can make a life out of it. And so I did it. And so I left the corporate world. And um, that was the one and only time I'd ever, you know, uh, I guess quit a job in, in that way. And and so I, I just went for it and built that and um, and then did that for a few years and was creating every day, throwing myself into my work. And funny enough, I was uh, became a I guess specialized in vortex marbles. So these vortex pieces that um, literally look like portals, right? They have this like 3D effect. If you hold them a certain angle, they look like they're going through your hand with this like optic lens and um, they're really cool. And so, and of course they were, I guess, um, foreshadowing the portal work that I do now, mm. right? Oh. And so, yeah, getting getting some chills yeah. over here too. So yeah, yeah. So uh, so yeah, just um, I, I went to the glass world, started creating these vortex marbles and collaborating with artists and just really finding my flow. That's when I really discovered like true flow state. Musicians talk about it, athletes, um, artists, right? Channelers, my goodness, you know mm -hmm. that flow state. 
and 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 I'm a pretty clumsy person, actually a very clumsy <laughs> person, or I used to be, and and still have my moments. And um, but with glass, I never hurt myself, not once, never burnt myself. And I'm working with a live flame. I'm, you know, doing very dangerous things, you know, and um, just was always blessed for that glass journey. But then, you know, after a couple years, uh, my grandma got very sick, and I'm very close with her. And she and my mom raised me, um, and. Uh, and so she, she had this accident where she had a brain bleed and it completely affected her consciousness so negatively. I'd never seen this before. However, it woke me up to consciousness, right? And uh, my, uh, my grandmother is still with us. She's almost 100 years old. So that was like, I don't know, 40 years ago she had this accident. Wow. But, um, but it, it woke me up and she's been in recovery and, and, um, and she still has battles with her consciousness uh, today. But to see this journey that she's had has taught me so much. And so that really woke me up. I, I wasn't able to create glass creatively. I was completely just, yeah, I couldn't create. Um, I had to, you know, really, uh, you know, throw myself into a state of reflection. And that's when I found um, QHHT and BQH and quantum healing and this whole world uh, that I had no idea existed. Even meditation. I just didn't realize that people used meditation as such a tool for uh, relaxing their consciousness in a way or just connecting to their consciousness. I had, it seems so simple, right? And so silly. But if I had some of these tools that I had now when I was in college or even, you know, in high school and grade school, like I I would, you know, have struggled much less Yeah. Um, with my nerves, with my anxieties. I, I used to, you know, so without getting too far off, that's really how um, art and um, also my grandmother really got me on this path, leaving the corporate world and coming where I am now, really. How soon after was it discovering all these amazing modalities that you dove into beyond quantum healing or BQH, as you'll hear us refer to it throughout the episode? Uh, it was at the end of 2018, or maybe like October, I want to see, say 2018. It's like fall time 2018. And I think my grandmother, hmm, maybe she got sick, maybe, maybe six months, many months before, maybe even a year, maybe it took me a year to become certified. I don't know. I'd have to like look back in things, but um, maybe it was six months, maybe, maybe it was a few months. I don't know. But regardless, um, it was a lot of research. I remember consuming, you know, probably months of just researching before I decided to get my certification, um, whether it be just like lectures, uh, you know, Dolores Cannon lectures or finding, um, just other small creators on YouTube, um, just creating, talking about this content, talking about their work, streaming their regression sessions. Um, I thought that was fascinating. I'm like, wow, people do this. Like there's like, people are doing this past life regression hypnosis work and they're like posting these sessions on YouTube. It was fascinating to me, the journeys people were having, the healing that was occurring. Um, and I just felt like that magnetic pull, that call, you know, just felt so called to do it. So, yeah, as far as timelines, I'd have to look at dates exactly. But that's just that was the um, the flow of of the actions, I guess yeah. you could say, uh, of the timeline. It's interesting how so many of us are propelled into our spiritual paths, usually resulting from a death, a divorce or a breakup or mm -hmm. like some sort of like mystery mm -hmm. trauma, trauma or illness. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's very interesting. And of course I didn't get it at the time, like when it happens, you know, um, but I don't know if that hadn't happened. I'd probably still be creating glass, you know what I mean? Like if it hadn't happened yeah. and, and it's taught my, my, I have a really large family. It's taught my family and my mom so much. And I've just seen so much growth. And even still, I'm sure I'm going to see so much growth as she transitions. And, you know, she, um, my grandmother, I love chatting with her. Uh, you know, and, and when she, she does have, uh, she has bad days, she has good days, but um, she, uh, she'll see, you know, she'll see things in the spirit realm. She's seeing that realm and many doctors and nurses and I have many doctors in the family and, um, you know, who actually deal with uh, that uh, patients who, who cross over, you know, um, who are mm -hmm. exiting this realm. And, you know, so it's a thing, you know, they talk about, uh, you know, uh, when you do become that wise woman or wise man that just, you know, you sometimes uh, you see into the other realms. And so my grandmother is going through that process, too. And it's very interesting for me and my family to see that um, that side of 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 energy and, and consciousness, too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's truly incredible. And it's crazy, too, how people get to that point where they are seeing that and they get labeled some medical term. Oh, I know. Because that's happening. Yes. We don't, we don't even have to get into that because right, that's right. what the whole episode will become. But, <laughs> but I I'm sure, I'm sure everyone who's listening to is, is on the vibe. Of, I of agree. What, what you and I are thinking. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now yeah. tell us more about what beyond quantum healing is because I am fascinated by this beyond quantum healing or bqh uh for the acronym um is a service to others heart-centered modality and it can be described in many a variety of ways but i like to say that you know it's a heart-centered service to others modality that focuses upon you know uh, or utilizes rather past life regression and hypnosis techniques also offering the flexibility of virtual sessions and the flexibility of practitioners to also incorporate their other modalities. So if they have other certifications or other knowledge, they can incorporate that into this practice to make for an optimal session and experience for, um, for you know, our clients. So uh, in essence, uh, I've mentioned, you know, past life regression and hypnosis techniques, but in essence, uh, it's uh, essentially a guided meditation, a very, very deep guided meditation, the actual journey aspect of the session, uh, where we are uh, slowing the brain waves, essentially slowing those brain waves into that of a dreamlike state where you're able to uh, tap in and communicate with your, you, know, you can call it your higher self, your highest self, your, your subconscious, other aspects of your consciousness, you know, many labels uh, to talk about the energies and things, but achieving this dreamlike state through verbal prompts, guided imagery, in essence, a guided, very, very deep, relaxing, guided meditation. Um, and yeah, connecting to these other aspects of yourself for guidance regarding uh, anything, really. You come to these sessions with questions that you uh, wish to ask your highest self and consciousness and receive these answers um, with the help of me asking those questions. So uh, in essence, too, uh, where a practitioner or guide can help is 
uh, asking questions. That's what we do. So we're going to this deep meditative dreamlike state and asking these questions. Because if you're doing a meditation by yourself, it's a little hard to ask yourself questions and answer. And that's where a practitioner comes in. We're able to get you to this relaxed meditative state and ask you questions that you've created to receive your own answers. Kind of like asking yourself questions, right? And we... Um, we facilitate that question asking, also uncovering the stories of the lifetimes that may come up or energies uh, that may come up. And each session is completely unique as well. Uh, whatever, uh, you know, from my experience, my clients have been meant to see, they see uh, in that specific moment. It's all very, um, you know, uh, very unique to the client. Mm, I have so many questions for you from that because it's it's just such a fascinating process. And I find it interesting that this episode is coming after I just spoke with Sydney Cutler of Ananda Meditation because in that episode we spoke a lot about the different brainwave states and here we are moving into a new modality that also takes you to that theta and delta state mm -hmm. where you're accessing mm -hmm. the unconscious mind. So through that guided meditation, through the hypnosis, I just want to confirm with you that we are in the theta and delta states. Correct. Yes. Uh, that's what well, that's what we're going for. Absolutely. That's our intention. Something that I've been called actually too is to incorporate um, maybe even some music or binaural beats or, you know, just other aspects. That's something I'm, I've, you know, I'm playing around with and uh, incorporating. Mm. I know practitioners definitely already do that. Just another way, other, other ways to help you achieve that state. Yeah. Binaural beats definitely help, especially if you have a hard time uh, dropping in. Right. So when someone is being led through this hypnosis, this regression, this meditation, this process, what comes up? Mm, I know it's mm -hmm, different for everyone, mm -hmm. but what energies, what entities, I'm sure there are so many things. So many things. I, and that's one of, one of the many reasons I love this work and I'm so drawn to this work is because I'm just so drawn to so many lifetimes, so many um, cultures so many frequencies like I'm drawn to it all and uh and, and working with clients I get to see it all right I get to yeah. experience the depth of it all so yes um I like to say that typically not always but typically and it's also been um you know increasingly you know we've, we've discovered themes uh usually a couple of lifetimes are experienced in, in the beginning of the session so um not always uh but sometimes uh, these energies will come up in the form of lifetimes and so you know they may experience um one or two three lifetimes sometimes i've noticed even clients are shown just scenes uh of of a lifetime quickly and then they go it's like i call it lifetime hopping where they're just like shown so many lifetimes just to receive kind of smaller messages from many many lifetimes as opposed to going really deep into one or two that sometimes happens but it can be lifetimes it can also be spirit guides sometimes a spirit guide will start off the session will greet um the client and you know have something to say it can be collectives cosmic um, galactic collectives that's been a huge theme that's been coming up for my clients and those that I don't know just people who have been seeking out my work in particular I've just noticed that almost every single person has some sort of cosmic something that comes through in their session whether it be a lifetime or a guide or a message mm -hmm. or something 
And and I loved the episode that you created uh, about your cosmic experience. Oh, yeah. Uh, so fascinating. So without getting too, too off track and talking about all the things that that um, is absolutely something that uh, could also be experienced, kind of like your your encounter. Um, something similar like that could be experienced, something we explore as well in these sessions, our encounters or um, dreams and things um, as well. So it can be anything. It can be guides, angels, um, you know, we've had elementals, um, ETs, of course, like I said, the cosmic uh, galactic lineages, uh, even like something really interesting that happened this week where these um, concept of the, these like originals, these original, uh, I guess, creations, these kind of like the gods, you know, we think of when we think Egyptian gods, these beings that are half human, half uh animal really and so sometimes my clients will experience that where they're they are that type of being of mythology so yeah it's very it can be anything anything and everything um also just pure consciousness Uh, quite frequently clients will just experience and they think that uh at the beginning they're like they think it's not working right they think they're not where they need they need to be they're like well i'm not in nothingness and i'm like good (laughs) you know that's where you want to be and and some people call it the void there's different places but um Mm. some sometimes my clients just will experience being pure consciousness and um in the universe or in the stars you know so that's also something as well just energy beings um and what that's like as well oh my gosh i need to book a session with you (laughs) yeah My mind is just blown because, you know, so many people go their entire lives wanting to learn more about their past lives or I guess Mm -hmm. parallel lives Mm -hmm. because we'll get into that time thing. Correct. But you can do it. And it's as simple as lying on your back. Mm -hmm. Like, I think the theme for the podcast in the past couple of weeks is it's simple. All you have to do is just go to this place of surrender Mm -hmm. and receive. Mm -hmm. So that's so fascinating. Mm-hmm. I do I do want to talk about time. Yes. Because oh my gosh, we're we're gonna get we're gonna get into this. Mm-hmm. But time, when we look at on on a very human level, mm-hmm. it is it's linear. Mm-hmm. But when we expand our consciousness beyond our physical three-dimensional world, time shifts. Mm-hmm. Space and time shift. Things are different. So how does this play into mm-hmm beyond quantum healing? Sure. There are many, many facets. First, something kind of sim- simply to think about is um, just how clients perceive time during the session. So like when they experience the journey, when they go to the actual journey part, we do a lot of preparation before and we do some grounding afterwards. But um, but in the actual journey, uh, you know, all time and space is kind of, you know, you do surrender to that. And so when they kind of come out of it, um, you know, so time just feels very different. You can tell, I guess, so by certain things that they say that time feels like, um, like it's moved at a different pace than normal if uh, mm. the in normal waking state right um yeah. so and it can also be an explanation of like time slips and, and things like that that people talk about and experience um as well but also just speaking of time in terms of these lifetimes right and how what is a past life is it really a past life of all time is happening now and these things and one perspective or theory 
is that uh, we experience these lifetimes not in a linear fashion, right? So we may have had these quote unquote past lives. Maybe one was um, in the Renaissance, you know, and another was in ancient, you know, Greece uh, when uh, the Spartans in, in 300 was was happening, you know, I mean, these different time periods, but they're not experienced in that linear state. So, uh, you know, also comes into time comes into play uh, when I, I suppose we're selecting um, the lifetimes that we're going to live or experience with our consciousness and be present for. So uh, I guess there's various ways to look at time when it comes to these sessions and just the concept of quote unquote past lives. But I love how you said parallel lives because that absolutely um, becomes more of a, a, a way to look at it, right? These are all parallel. They're all happening now. Um, and also something about time that's very unique uh, or maybe just unique, you know, to, to my experience, more unique to my sessions recently. Uh, I'm sure many, many practitioners experience this, but is that um, uh, my clients have been experiencing or some of them have been experiencing, maybe they don't go to a past life, but they go to their present life they're experiencing now just into the future. Hmm. So they're being shown different future timelines, shall we say, right? I love that. And maybe they're, they're shown this future timeline. Um, I'm thinking of a client in particular, uh, a friend who she saw a project completed, a project she had you know, been wanting to create and really something that she'd been wanting to do and that she could also um, use to create even more uh, things with her business. And so she, she saw this creation already come to fruition and uh, before uh, she had even started the project in this present life. So it can show you just maybe it can inspire you, can give you ideas, mm. you know? Um, and maybe that's why I so love this work as an artist too, you know, because yeah. after all, where does creative inspiration come from? I think that artists and musicians um, are such powerful channels in oh, my yeah. opinion. And so, you know, it, it all relates. There's so much overlap to it all. Um, but, but yeah, future timelines and future, uh, future things um even of uh, events and things is very very interesting too so that can also come up in these sessions absolutely I think it's so easy for people myself included to look at God source spirit the universe whatever you want to call this higher power mm-hmm. and realize that they are omnipresent that they mm-hmm. can be anywhere and everywhere but when we ourselves mm-hmm take Mm -hmm. ourselves out of the 3D and expand our consciousness, we have that same omnipresent ability. We are the exact same. We are gods with amnesia. Mm -hmm. Like it is our job to wake up to to our godlike abilities, to our Mm -hmm. omnipresent abilities. And I think that's scary to so many people. And especially when you're going into Mm -hmm. um, the state Mm -hmm. of surrender, not knowing what is coming up or what could come up and the programming we have from horror movies and scary movies, I think some people might be scared about what they could learn. When people go into this state for BQH, are they safe? Absolutely. And that's an intention that not only do we set from the very start, just the core of um, my intention 
of the, this work that I do. Uh, but yeah, and another addition to it um, is kind of common hypnosis myths. So I guess I could bring it that way. I could go, I could talk about safety in many levels, but um, depending on which way you want to take mm -hmm. it, even just the thought of like hypnosis, right? And like you, you brought up, you know, um, programming and even just, you know, Hollywood, whatever you think of being hypnotized with like a, a man with a, a watch, right? Or a, on a string or whatever that it's called, like a right. watch and go, you're going to being very sleepy, right? That's not, you know, that's not what this is. You know, they, it's just, it's, it's shown kind of in a mystical, almost like in a way where someone can control you and like all this stuff. And that's, that's simply mm -hmm. not this work. You're fully, um, you're fully in control. The client is fully in control. Furthermore, um, you know, many of my clients find it very interesting when they drop into that space, how comfortable it is and how it's not, uh, you know, other channelers that I've spoken to, it's, it's a more um, kind of floating into it, easing into the space as opposed to uh, channeling abruptly, like um, just something that I've talked about with some of my friends that have channeled, which is a kind of a, a beautiful way to describe it. It is absolutely floating into that space of surrender and flow, yet my client is always in full control. Um, and a common, I guess, hypnosis myth is kind of being out of control and that that person has full control of you. And that's just not what it is. Uh, because I do all of my sessions virtually, uh, you know, I guess one other fear that will, will sometimes come up uh, of safety is like, what if we get disconnected, right? And you're in that state and like, I'm not there, like we can't get connected back. There's little other protocols and things that I, I do to, um, uh, you know, we can continue on the phone or other other devices and things like that. But uh, say I tell my clients this, I say, say all of the grid went down when we were facilitating this session, right? Say all of Internet globally like went down, right? Yeah. You would still be completely and 100 percent safe. Your consciousness would be safe. And it's described as this, you know, um, say we were disconnected or say we were doing a session in person, say I just left or I had an illness that I would just have to, had to leave. I had to go, you know take care of myself um, for the day and you were, you were, you know, the client was just left um, in that state. It's just a dreamlike state. You would wake up simply as if you had been in a dream or a meditation. So it's not like you said before, it's not that programming. It's not that uh, scary space of, you know, you're getting very sleepy and controlled. That's not the space we're going to. And that's certainly not the intention. The intention is of protection and to only work with the highest, most divine, uh, you know, beings and energies. And uh, you're working with yourself, you know, in essence. Mm. So there's nothing to be afraid of. Uh, you're just you're working with you. You have the all the answers inside of yourself. I, I like to say, and I've had you know clients describe this as well, is that uh, you know we all have the answers that we're looking for right inside of ourselves. Sometimes just the programming and the 3D and the worries and the fears and the stuff from so many things that we're just not even aware of necessarily uh, in our consciousness. The programs, right? That we have to unprogram. This is a way to help unprogram those programs, right? Mm -hmm. I just want to thank you for taking the time to explain all of that, because when we do this work, whether it's BQH or intuitive healing or whatever it may be, the whole point is love and attention and safety and healing, right? So there's, you know, we're not playing with the devil where, and oh 
gosh, don't mm-hmm. even get me started. Like, I don't believe in the devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't believe in demons, but I will say that, like, you do anything too much, it can become your demon. Yeah, same, same, same. I'm sure, I'm sure we have lots of the same beliefs. Yes. Right. Right. And it's also like labels too, right? Like, it's like the names, fears and names. Like, there's so many la- labels. And I've always been the a kind of yeah. the kind of person that, of course, you have to label things to talk about things, but like, being more open uh, with perspectives and energies and, and, um, you know, not everything was what we were taught in storybooks. Amen. It's not all rainbows and butterflies. (laughs) It's not all Disney princess movies. Right. Right. Or it's just even a different perspective. It's just a different perspective. Even, even the perspective of, Mm -hmm. of witches and how they're, how they're depicted. Right. It's just all about perspective. Something that does uh, make me curious about BQH is the idea of old souls and new souls. Mm. And now mm-hmm. <laughs> this is just mm-hmm. me probably being a little jaded, but when I hear someone say, oh, you're such an old soul, I'm like immediately, I'm like, mm, that's my trauma. Thank you. <laughs> but when someone is a newer soul or a new soul mm-hmm. and they go into this state mm-hmm. to learn more about their past lives, parallel lives, future lives, whatever, mm-hmm. what happens? I don't know if I've necessarily had, and it's something that I, honestly I haven't, uh, I haven't had the client want to ask, but maybe it's something I could, I guess, include, and this could spark, you know, me including it in my sessions going forward is, um, you know, if people want to know if they're an old soul or a new soul, because this brings the concept of, I believe Dolores Cannon was the one that, that, uh, you know, was one of the revolutionaries, if not the first person to bring this concept and theory about is the, it's the concept and theory of like imprinted lifetimes, mm. imprinted past life memories for first time souls, meaning, okay, so say uh, we're in a, a, a current state of the world and Dolores spoke of this, right? current state of the world there's a lot going on Mm -hmm. right ascension call it many labels for this call it awakening ascension the event whatever you want to call it um but that you know this is a time where new first-time souls are needed for uh, many reasons right but um to spread light to inspire you know many many different reasons and what those first-time souls will look like is um leaving you know source energy directly and coming to earth not having experienced any other lifetimes prior and so you can imagine that that would be a very jarring experience right um so to prevent such a shock or a crazy um i guess a a shock right getting here uh you know there's a way to or there's a theory of a way to imprint these lifetimes before incarnation so for new souls so that they can have maybe skills or be more prepared energetically for like you said some of the traumas that can occur on earth or just the frequencies things they might not be used to right coming from pure source Mm -hmm. light and bliss and 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 that pure energy to going to a 3d world uh having these imprinted lifetime memories uh can uh is, is a theory that um, that she presents, right? And it makes sense to me uh, with my work that I've been doing when I see similarities between lifetimes, meaning like you'll see maybe one or two people that experience a very similar, almost like a an imprint lifetime that was like, huh, that was a lifetime very, very similar, if not the exact same to another client. So uh, that's just something that's been 
you know, floating around in the back of my head to explore more these thought of imprinted lifetimes and how to explore that in my sessions, um, maybe offering it to uh, clients as it's that's something that they want to know if, they, if they're a first time soul or just how their, um, I guess, how their past lifetimes, uh, you know, the going deeper and, and uncovering more uh, in regard to that. But yeah, that's just a perspective on on first time souls and some information about that. I haven't had too, too much experience. Not like I've had a ton of people come to me that are first time souls and um, all this information is flowing through. Um, however, it's something that I'm definitely excited to explore. When you mentioned first time, uh, like new souls, first time on, on earth, my mind immediately was like, oh, Aquarians. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I, I get that. It seems like a similar energy. Totally, totally. And, and, and like I said, even before, there's probably such wisdom and, and, uh, you know, being able to look at someone's chart and in, in accordance to these past life experiences, right? right? And seeing, seeing the overlaps and parallels would be extremely interesting, um, and very beneficial. Uh, so yeah, something to explore, uh, for, for absolutely for me and, and anyone else out there to explore in the future but but yeah Aquarians or even like that's something that's you know crosses my mind sometimes too or at least like when I was years ago kind of just uh, exploring this stuff I'm like oh gosh I'm so drawn to you know this culture and that culture and you know once you start learning about cosmic consciousness mm -hmm. there's certain ones um that really resonate and pull you more than others um you know, depending on where you are in your journey, at least that's what it's been like for me. And so, um, same. So, yeah. So I don't know. Sometimes I've thought that too, but then I'm like, well, do I, do I have imprinted lifetimes, all these things that I love? Do I not for me? I don't, I don't really, it doesn't really matter. I just love it all. Whether it's an imprinted lifetime, whether it's a real lifetime, whether, you know, whatever the, the theory and concept I'm exploring is, I just love it. I love pondering these things. Um, and, uh, and it's probably why I feel, you know, I, I just love exploring these spaces with, with my clients because, um, I don't know. It just fills, fills my soul. You can learn so much just about yourself through a BQH session. It's sounding like you can also just like do it for fun, but what really moves the needle is the healing element. So how can BQH help people heal from their traumas and conditionings? So many of my clients and, and, and those that seek out this work, right? are usually typically, in, in my experience, uh, you know, leaders or they're, they're community leaders or they're, they're trying to do, they have missions that they're trying to achieve, right? And they're wanting to um, really get to the root of things so that they can achieve their mission fully, right? And they want to do what they came here to do. Mm -hmm. And so um, these sessions are great to uncover facets of that and, of course, to heal in combination. And so, um, you know, I have some of my favorite clients to work with uh, are, or just most intriguing, I suppose, or some that really intrigue me are those that come with different, um, maybe medical things that the doctors, you know, or, or their doctors are 
uh, the medical industry are just stumped with, you know, whether it be like a skin thing or a digestive issue or whatever it is, you know. And so I find those um, cases to be very fascinating uh, just to see what's uncovered in the session, right? The origins of those, um, that inflammation or how it's not always past life related. Sometimes it can be things in the present life, right? But just going to that deep state where you can uncover um, things about your body, remember things about your body. You do know, you know, um, you know, we're all so intuitive. And another thing I like to say too is, is that, uh, in these sessions and we're all channels right but in these sessions you're able to be your own channel and I'm, i just help you become your own channel and and receive um whether it be information or actual healing frequencies you know that'll sometimes happen we do a body scan portion usually towards the end of these these sessions sometimes that'll happen at the beginning if clearing needs to happen before we go deep but uh, we'll do these body scans energetically and uh, you know, trauma can be stored in places in the, in the body, whether it be from other lifetimes or, like I said, this present lifetime earlier uh, in this lifetime uh, from experiences. And so we address these things and um, we're able to look at them from a different perspective, receive guidance in a different perspective. A lot of the times my clients will receive information within the session and at the end of the session, we'll have a grounding uh, portion and, and a conversation at the end. And I'll ask, I'll say, hey, were you expecting XYZ bit of information, whether it be about healing or something else to come through? And, you know, more times than not, I'd say nine out of 10 times or nine point, you know, nine out of 10 times there, uh, they say, no, I wasn't expecting that information to come through, you know, or I was like, whoa, would, would have never thought that. So that's the stuff that I really love too, is that it's just a, a different way to find another perspective you know, uh, from yourself, you know? Uh, so yeah, I mean, and it can be related to, to healing on, on the physical level, on the, you know, emotional, on the astral level. I like to say, you know, all levels and all time and space and dimensions and lifetimes and, and all of it, you know, I like to be very clear with the words that I use to make sure it's all encompassing when we do these healing portions. But, um, but yeah, essentially you're just, you're, you're healing yourself. I'm not doing any of the healing. My clients are healing themselves. They're receiving their own healing information. Um, and sometimes, too, we'll receive information uh, that will be guidance to, for them to incorporate and integrate after the session. That happens, you know, uh, all the time, the bulk of the time. Uh, so hearing, you know, what types of foods would be most beneficial to maybe help that, uh, that inflammation and things like this for that specific client, you know, um, is, is very interesting and intriguing to see come through as well. It's, it's so interesting that you bring up perspective a lot. And I, I love it because a lot of healing is rooted in just shifting your perspective about how it affects you. And that goes back to what you mentioned at the very beginning, how powerful mm -hmm. the mind is. Mm -hmm. So when we can see something from, uh, a more cosmic or quantum level, Mm -hmm. It's really interesting how things can subtly start shifting around mm -hmm. us. But then again, the integration piece you mentioned seems like it's probably one of the most important elements. Yes, mm -hmm. we can learn so much and receive all these cool informations and meet these cool entities and elementals while we're in this delta state. Mm -hmm. But it's when we come back to that beta state when we need to start applying what we've learned 
to promote further healing. Definitely. Definitely. The integration process is hugely important um, and key, you know, if not the most important part. Right. And, and that's part of that integration process is listening to the session. So that's also, you know, the thing you mentioned that I share clips from these sessions uh, on my social medias and um, I, it record all of these sessions. They're uh, recorded for my clients, um, done, you know, all proprietary, all the information is theirs and theirs alone. If they choose that they ever want to share uh, these clips, then they let me know. Um, but yeah, I'm vi- I, I hold that very, very uh, important. That comes from my risk management background, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, so we do record these sessions so that uh, my clients can listen back to all of the information, experience these sessions, you know, um, you know, even months, years down the line, you know, there's a plethora of uh, ways to integrate the information, but even just listening to the sessions um, later on uh, is is super helpful and can, you know, downloads and just thoughts, thought provoking things can come at any time you listen to them. So um, that's something really cool. And that I love, I love the, the aspect of, of having that session forever. Um, And, also, you know, integrating the information that comes through because sometimes my clients will think that they remember everything from the session, but they, you know, even me, I'm fully in my waking state for the session. I don't even remember what I said the first, uh, you know, an hour and a half or two hours or however long it's been because um, these ses- sessions can uh, last that long. And uh, so, yeah, so allowing this recording to facilitate that integration, whether you think you remember everything or didn't, um, it's it's a great space and uh, I guess tool to, to have to uh, utilize as well. I think that's incredibly important because there's so many times I've watched back a session and I've had this just massive ping that sends me in a completely mm-hmm. different direction. And I'm like, oh, how did I miss that the first time? Exactly. Good thing I'm watching this back and open it and listening to it with a fresh set of ears and eyes and allowing myself to be present. Totally. And sometimes the sessions will be so intense and, um, such a download or however you want to, however you want to say it. So, um, so intense for my clients that they might not feel ready to watch their session for a week or two or three or whenever they're ready. And that's totally welcome too. other clients, uh, you know, are so excited and, and, you know, want to watch it right away. Um, you know, so it really just depends on, on where you are, how you receive it. It's, it's all always unique. And I have even worked with clients uh, multiple times um, and even experiencing just how beautiful and how different the sessions can be, uh, you know, with the same client, with that same person, you know, it just can always, it's always just different no matter what. So uh, that's something that um, just calls me to this work as well. But the integration process, like you said, is hugely important and the recording aspect, uh, is so helpful. What have been some collective messages or themes that have come up recently in sessions that you feel called to share now? Wow. What a question. Uh, okay. Well, something that's been coming up is this, you know, this concept of this shift, right? So we've, and everyone's, you know, not everyone, but it's, uh, it's been a theme. It's been a theme, right? This shift, this event, this, um, you know, we, we, Hear these phrases sometimes in the spiritual community but it's coming through in my sessions just different um the messages uh, uh, of no fear and of unity 
but but yeah you know just there is there is a shift going on and it is in process yeah I guess that's a theme that uh that's just been interesting to show the potential of just such a bright future you know oftentimes my clients are shown these um paradise parallel experiences these beautiful new earth vibes type lifetimes and how we can absolutely achieve it right but we cannot get bogged down by um by any negative programs right and so just uh so that that would be one kind of um i guess keeping it as broad uh as possible but also um you know, collective messages of extraterrestrial contact, right? That's been a big theme. That's something that um, I just see as a theme with 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 my work. It's become a theme, and then um, we can talk about that. And because it's it's collective messages too, right? And um, to have no fear around that, to have no. And I feel like it's you know why I've, I've been called to share my work and not to be afraid and just to talk about all this stuff more is that uh, we, you know, extraterrestrial beings are not meant to be feared. And, and just like any being, I mean, there's positive and negative of any, anything, right? There's duality in everything. And, and of course, it's about our intention, how we create our, our realities, or that's one perspective and one way to think about it. Um, but but yeah, so another collective message of of contact and and ways to uh, if you are looking to make contact or if that's you know many people are called to these energies whether it be extraterrestrial or just other higher dimensional angelic um, elemental whatever beings and so doing that um, you know doing what you're called to with your intuition um, and your discernment discernment is is very important of course so these are all very you know, basic, I guess, concepts that sometimes we just need to be reminded. Do you have any hot takes about spirituality, the wellness world, or your modality in general? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, you know, the concept of and the theory of, you know, our spirit guides being other lifetimes that we've lived and other lives that we've lived. And, um, and I may have touched on it a little bit, and all the things that I've been saying, but just really uh, having that understanding or just that, that theory, that, that theory, that concept is so um, interesting to me that whether it be spirit guides that we connect with, um, that we're just called to connect with, or whether it be ones that we connect with in meditation or within a BQH session, um, you know, just that our spirit guides, and we've kind of, some of us may have heard our spirit guides are ourselves, right? But it's like, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean exactly? And so the thought of, you know, um, just uh, whether it be an, an angel, you know, um, or even the concept of a, an extraterrestrial being, right? Uh, so being your spirit guide, but that spirit guide being really another incarnation that you have already experienced, you maybe are experiencing right now, part of you, part of your consciousness, experiencing it, depending on how you look at parallel and and consciousness in general, but um, but just having that that concept uh, is just so interesting to me. Spirit guides and uh, these other you know beings that we may connect with in these meditative spaces, being not necessarily separate from our consciousness, but connected, um, and having experienced that complete consciousness as that being just 
in a different time and space. Um, so I've also asked, you know, and poked around in, in sessions um, with clients and, and with their approval, of course, that, uh, you know, the concept of, of some spirit guides maybe not being connected uh, or not having experienced incarnations. Um, so for example, maybe another spirit guide that is experienced, you haven't lived that incarnation yet. Right. And so I've asked questions about that and, and that information um, has come through. So just not, maybe not all spirit guides or their lifetimes we live, but some are, you know, so that's something that just to, just a, a concept that I find to be very interesting. And I wanted to ask you, is that something that you had, um, prior to, you know, talking about it in this setting, is that something that you, what are your thoughts on it? I suppose. So that's, it's interesting you ask that because when I tune into my spirit guides, I have sat in, sat in the power, sat in meditations to be like, mm -hmm. okay, spirit guides, give me your names. And like, who are you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I've been doing this work for so long mm -hmm. and I still don't know my spirit guides names. Mm -hmm. So what I've mm -hmm. taken that as is this is a part of me and so mm -hmm. I have that same relationship that you described that I I, I don't need to know who mm -hmm. they are what lifetime they mm -hmm. came from I just trust that mm -hmm. they're providing me with information and absolutely when I ask right because we have free will mm -hmm. and I do think spirit guides yes can be um other lifetimes, people that you were connected to. I also believe that your guides could be like a grandparent who crossed over mm -hmm. or a great grandparent. But I also believe that your spirit guides are you. Definitely. And something that you just said too, that was also very activating for me just now. Um, when you say, you know, sitting in that space and asking for spirit guides names, right? Um, or trying, you know, just like asking, like, what are your names? Whatever. So that's how all this started for me, really. That's how a lot of this started for me is I, um, I, I was gifted an energy. I thought it was just like a massage mm. session. Uh, you know, my aunt gifted me this session and turns out it was this like whole, uh, you know, not only was it a, you know, yeah. uh, acupressure massage session, but it was Reiki. It was like a soul deliver delivery, you know, it was just everything. And, um, and from that session, I started really wanting connection with my guides and, and the elemental realm and connecting with those spirit guides. And so I remember a time sitting in um, our living room. I remember exactly the moment and sitting in that space. And sometimes you won't hear anything, right? Or you won't sense anything or you won't um, receive that information. And for a long time, I didn't. But then one day, I whatever I was doing or whatever, boy, did I hear a name and it was not a name that you normally hear, you know, like in every, so I was like, whoa, like, that's not like, oh, Kevin or whatever, you know, like something that you, you hear on, mm -hmm. a, on a daily basis, right? It was just such like an ancient sounding name. And um, so that's how right. a lot of this sparked my curiosity, right? Because that was so unlike me, you know, I was just like, whoa, like, what am I, you know, so and I think that's interesting, too, is that certain times, like, of our lives, based on our intentions, and where we are in our lives, different spirit guides can come in and be more um, uh, leaders than others, right? And and so I think that is, is also uh, a point to make with how, you know, sometimes we're not supposed to know their names, you know, and other days you might just be doing something where you're connecting with something and you get a name, yeah. you know, but I will say it definitely has happened to me most when I'm in that dreamlike space or even before bed. 
too. I've had some experiences before falling asleep that have been pretty interesting as well. So, so yeah, spirit guides being other lifetimes we've lived is a interesting, interesting concept. Yeah. I love that hot take. Do you have any more? Hot takes are my favorite. Let's see. Yeah, no, I love this. I love these. Um, Okay. So, oh yes. Another hot take too is that these sessions are done virtually, right? Like how does that work? Right. Or like, Mm -hmm. why does that work? Um, Something very important. And I learned this early on in my BQH journey, working with my, my love, my partner, he, um, he and I were having, I don't even know if it was my first session, one of one of my, the very first sessions that I facilitated and, um, he, his headphones fell out. So we weren't doing it in person, but his headphones fell out. And I noticed that right when one of his headphones fell out, I was like, I thought to myself, Oh, well, I'm right here. I'm right next to him. You can hear me. No big deal. Right? No, he, you need something magical happens hearing the sound of, of the practitioner's voice within the client's headphones. It's like a deep surround sound, whatever it is. There's something very, very important about that. So that's my hot take um, is that there's something very significant about the headphones in this space to help us to achieve this dreamlike state. And in addition, these uh, virtual online sessions it's my belief that something magical, I don't know what it is exactly, but many, it's very many things, but I, I like to say like a certain magic happens with these virtual sessions. Mm-hmm. Like I'm able to be in my space, fully comfortable. My client is able to be in their space, fully comfortable. There's no commuting. They don't have to, even if I had the most luxurious place you know the most perfect space you still have to commute or find a driver or just like it's so many variables that can create anxiety can create worry can create what ifs the bathroom even if it's the most luxurious bathroom you're like you're not familiar with the layout of the place right when you're in your own home so my point is is that these virtual sessions almost allow my clients to go even deeper um and and just are more comfortable and so uh and, and maybe it has something to do with the energetics of it all and, and technology. I'm not sh- so sure, but whatever it is, all I know is um, I'm grateful to uh, have have found have found this certification that allows for this because it is such beautiful work. And of course, it allows um, me to reach people all over the world, which I am so blessed to do, or all over the country. I mean, I've had some international. I've had a international client. I think only one, but um, so far. But just connecting with people um, throughout time and space. And sometimes it just does feel like they're in the other room, too, or like they're right next to me. It's so just so cool. But it's wonderful that they're able to be in their own bed, which is great. So, yeah, those are some hot takes, some hot takes I have. Well, I agree with you on that 100 Mm percent because so many people are like, but I want an in-person session. I'm like, nope. Nope. The magic is there for virtual sessions. People don't see it. People aren't there yet. And I understand with certain work. Yeah, sure. If you're, yeah. if you're a crystal healer, I get it. Uh, if you really want to put that crystal on the client's body or like if you're uh, an acupuncture, acupuncture or acupressurist, or I get it. Or yeah. even sound healer too. Like I, I understand, but even just like playing around, just play around and see how it goes. Cause you never know what you'll find in this online space, no matter what modality you're practicing. Cause it is quantum. We are going through time and space. It mm-hmm. is all just in the mind with intention and, and clients will feel that they, their bodies will respond. You know, it, 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 so many things can be felt and, and, um, 
it's just fantastic. So I'm so glad that you're, you're with me on that one, because at first I'll say like, I didn't, I, you know, the very first online session um, I ever facilitated, I was just like in the back of your head, you're like, is this going to work? Like, and now I'm just like, it's worked every time. Like, how could it not? Like, this is so fantastic. So yeah, it just, it's the option of it. And, and like you said, I think you said something just now about how you absolutely not like you, you only do online. And I even, uh, you know, absolutely feel like that now because I tried doing some like in person I, I tried like going against that rule you know mm-hmm. um with friends of course and just trying I'm like dude I want them to experience this online thing I swear it's different you know what I mean like yeah. the ones that I've the few that I've worked with in person uh, I'm just like yeah and now that I've just really dove into doing these online sessions I'm like I just I want to hear their perspective and and see how how um how uh, different I guess different the experience is you know so yeah I'm glad that uh, you've been experiencing similar things oh absolutely before we dive into how people can reach out to you find you follow along with your work and how they can book a session with you I do have a couple questions for you just kind of like super fast fly through them are you ready I am ready tarot cards or oracle cards Mm. Uh, for me, I work with Oracle cards a lot more, but I love the origins of tarot and the story, yeah. uh, just the ancient origins of all of it, but uh, of tarot specifically. So for me, it's hard to pick. For just I work with Oracle a lot more, um, but I am fascinated by tarot. Is that a good mm-hmm. answer? Yeah, that's perfect. Whatever you answer is the perfect Okay, cool. Answer. I didn't know if there are any rules. I had had no. to pick one. Okay. Human design or astrology? Oh, gosh, these are hard, man. I know. Um, I will I don't know. I I I have friends that are masters of both who teach me so much. Um, I'll say this, I've had more astrology readings, not much more, you know, but I have had um more astrology readings than I have had human design. And so for that reason, I say astrology, just because I know more about it. However, human design absolutely fascinates me. And uh, both modalities are just stupendous. And I want to know more, more about both. But astrology, if I had to pick. ETs or elementals? Oh, God. How can I choose? This is like, it's so hardcore. It's unfair. Because it's like, oh, I, okay, well, uh, the f- fairies and elementals and, and all of that um, energy has been with me my whole life, um, activated mm-hmm. me on that. Like I told you that that session that I had that activated me to connect with my guides, it was really f- it was elemental guides. Um, so. So for me, they're one in the same. They can be considered one in the right. same. And I've had that come through in sessions, even a session I had with my mom. So I can talk about it. She says I could talk about all of the goodness that comes through in sessions we have together. Um, but yeah, she had a, a, a fairy guide that was from the stars. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I say both and I say I say uh, elementals from the cosmos, from from extraterrestrial places. But um, also, too, I think that elementals were shown to me first. Uh, I've been spoon fed, you know, little things, right? Zora says we're spoon fed these things on our journeys. So uh, for me, it's, I was spoon fed elementals first to dive in. And then once I discovered the whole ET cosmic thing, I was fascinated. And I do believe that uh, there are overlaps and many 
that's a whole nother conversation just the origins of all that that could be a whole whole podcast we could do in another it totally could <laughs> but yeah yeah but uh they're the same to me that's my answer I love that yeah what is the biggest lesson you've learned on your journey mm. so many but one that comes to mind is passions follow like I said before and what defines me as a spiritual you know being a practitioner what we covered at the start is following your passions following your callings um and going back to what you what resonated with you as a child like I said that childlike wonder essence and energy you know what makes your heart sing and I know sometimes you know we get in the habit with social media and just life and programming and whatever of you know comparing ourselves to other people and like what's that person doing and like what's working for them and and all that and it's like no like eliminate all that like what works for you and like what everyone's journey is different but what it makes you happy and and filled with so much joy do that thing and no matter if society says oh that's not possible and you can't make money to do that or whatever there is a way and the mind is so strong so um you know don't let anyone make you think that you can't uh because you can you know so that's what i'd say on that let this also be the reminder that comparison is the thief is the thief of joy. So stop comparing yourself to other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Compare mm-hmm. yourself to yourself. Are you better than where you were yesterday? How can you increase your life? Just make it one percent better, two percent better, or whatever. Totally, completely. I, I and and that's something too. Like compare yourself to yourself. Like that's a, a little. I don't know where I developed that, but that's one little thing that like I've always. I since I was a kid, I was never hyper competitive like unless there was like a great prize and I'm like oh I want oh, that yeah. prize or whatever it is so if we're not competing because people who compete just to compete there's probably um so much growth and fantastic things that happen for that but that's just not the way I was programmed so I've always that's been my little phrase like just compare yourself to yourself you know and just move forward that way so yeah I'm so glad that you said that very last question for you Lily how do you create consciousness every day mm. Well, definitely with the work that I do, right? I'm always, uh, I say, I suppose, connecting with consciousness. But in terms of creating consciousness, I love to create, um, I guess, content as well as as art. You know, I, I allow my consciousness, I, I, I suppose, to be expressed through art that I create. And so I've been working on some digital art pieces for a while. I wasn't creating any art and um, just feeling such a void in that. Uh, but yeah, and I'll bring it come, kind of come in full circle again, right back to the art thing of how I found all this and, and how it goes back to that is that's how I I love creating. And, um, and I create consciousness too, like just within my own mind I feel like we all do we're always throughout our whole days where I was listening to some 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 video or podcast that was speaking of, of something like this that we're all creating our own consciousness in our own minds every day we're having conversations with ourselves, uh you know as we think that's what thought is right it is is exactly. is consciousness and, and creating it so so I'm, I'm constantly pondering and researching all of these concepts that um I post about it or, or I'm you know just starting to talk about and um, so, so I, I suppose I create consciousness within my own um, vessel with the research that I do. I'm forever a researcher, forever an explorer, uh, you know, of I love ancient history, ancient traditions, ancient origins. I've always been as a kid interested in ancient origin stories of how the Greeks and, and ancient Egyptians, how did they um, 
interpret the origins of, of fire, just how, how they just interpreted the origins of so many things. So those are some, some ways I like to, I guess, create consciousness in my own life of, of allowing myself to explore and forever explore. Beautiful. Thank you, Lily. Thank you. Thank you so much for just all of your gifts and all that you share. And I can't tell you like how many of, you know, videos or content and things that you've shared that have absolutely inspired me and made me, you know, less fearful to share. And just, you know, you're, you're so inspiring and so eloquent and just everything, everything that you create resonates with me. And it feels like I've known you before. And I just, yes, everything, all the things you're, you're, you're it. Mm, I love you so much. Thank you. I I love you too. I receive, I receive, and I feel the exact same way about you. So thank you. How can people get connected with you? How can people book a session with you? How can they stay in touch? Yes, absolutely. So everything on all social media, I'm at the quantum guide. So T H E quantum guide and uh, my website, the quantum guide.com. So I'm super simple YouTube channel, the quantum guide. And uh, to book a session with me, uh, you can either reach out to me on Instagram. That's the easiest way to interact with me quickly. I'm always on there. Uh, so send me a message. I can send you some links or go to my the link in my bio. I'll take you to my website, different links there. But yeah, thequantumguide.com is where you can book directly on my website. I have two different length sessions. So I have a micro session, a, a shorter version, and a longer full length session. I also have consultation calls if you're just wanting to kind of talk to me a little more, find out what this is all about, and um, also working on some other offerings as well. So be sure you're following me on all social media so that when I um, continually offer and launch these new things, you can be receiving them as well. And also, uh, if anyone who's listening to this is ever curious about becoming a BQH practitioner, I also have an affiliate code too um, as well. So feel free to reach out to me. It'll get you 10% off of the course. Uh, So yeah, so those are the things that I have going on and how you can reach me, how you can book with me. But yeah, um, also email to thequantumguide at gmail.com. Excellent. We will go ahead and link all of that information in the show notes, Lily's Instagram website, her YouTube, as well as I'll have her give me that code so we can link the code Thank for the you. BQH Thank course you so much. in the show notes as well. And they'll be in the show notes when you view the episode. They will also be on my website with the complete full show notes that breaks things down into minutes and seconds. So you can tune into little parts. You don't have to listen to the whole episode and that will always be found on my website under the blogger journal tab. And with that, Lily, this has been such a joy, such a pleasure. And I thank you so much for sharing your time and energy with me and the creating consciousness listeners today. Thank you so much. I feel the same way. This has been a dream and so healing for me as well. So love you so much and can't wait to connect again. Conscious creators, that is today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this episode wherever you're listening. And if you really took something away from it, please don't hesitate to share with a friend because not only does sharing this podcast with a friend help the podcast grow, but it also helps 
vibrate and send out the collective message of healing. And that is something that is so freaking important. If you're looking to stay in touch with Lily, please head to the show notes. There are also some freebies for me linked in there as well, and I know you are going to love them. I will be back next week with a new episode for you, but in the meantime, remember, you are loved. You are supported. You are divinely guided. And you are creating consciousness. Until next time, conscious creators. 